0: Hey everyone, Rob Cress here, Functional Pharmacist, back with you for another episode of the Functional Pharmacy Podcast. Now, I've been away for a bit. I haven't been doing any recordings and it's just, I think the timing's right to get back into this. As you'll see, we're at a very interesting time and juncture for the profession of pharmacy as well as the practice of functional pharmacy. So as you know my story, Most likely, if not, I'll give you a brief thing. Uh, I graduated pharmacy school in 1994, Temple University, Philadelphia. And it seemed I was always kind of looking to either get out of pharmacy or bring something else into the mix. And that's why I'm really excited about where we are right now uh, at this time. Uh, I was influenced to be a pharmacist by a friend of the family who owned his own community pharmacy, Franklin Drugs down in Philadelphia. I just liked his lifestyle. And on top of that, what I really liked was the ability to have a job with a decent pay, be able to travel with it, meaning you can get a job in almost any state, just get the licensure, and job security. So that was a lot, and it was only, when I went, it was only a five-year program, and it was actually reasonably priced. Things have changed dramatically, I get it. So... When I graduated pharmacy school, one of the first things that I saw, I was working for um, a chain, well, CBS Pharmacy, uh, outside Philadelphia. And it was a very interesting time because even going through my schooling, it was at a time where pharmacy was exploding. Uh, the pipelines were growing, uh, and then we were in this technology age, or this technology uh, growth, meaning at first when I was doing it, you know, all pharmacies had to have a typewriter, and there was times our computers went down where we would be typing stuff up. We did not have online adjudication at the time, and then when we switched to it, it was that dial-up. Remember that? You'd hear the phone dialing. Uh, one of the largest UA, uh, insurance holders was U.S. HealthCare, which was actually out of the area that I lived in. And what was interesting is a patient would come in with their, remember, their red and white, maybe it was red, white, and blue, uh, U.S. HealthCare card. And to fill their prescription, you would just take out this packet of subscribers that they would send you every month, U.S. HealthCare would, to find the person. And if they're on there, it tells you what copay. So it was a very, very, very interesting time. So when I graduated uh, in 94, it was at this time where it seemed like um, people were trying to keep up with the Joneses. Uh, There was more and more two-person working families, not saying that any one person should or shouldn't work or anything like that, although levels of stress were growing in our culture. And I saw this outside Philadelphia. When I started, it, it was the advent of polypharmacy. There were additional drugs to combat the side effects of other drugs Um, the family dog was being put on prozac which is a branded medication at the time and i just kind of thought wow where are things going here so i wanted to get out and in 1995 After a a trip or two, I guess it was a trip out west, I actually happened to um, get licensed. I was out in Jackson Hole on vacation visiting uh, still a good friend of mine who took a year off of dental school. Uh, So we went to visit him and his wife, and um, I just happened to get licensed in the state of Wyoming. So 1995 left the East Coast, was looking for simpler times, thought I was going to Washington State because Washington State at the time was one of the only states that allowed you to take their law exam to transfer licensure on a monthly basis. Everyone else is like six months. Uh, and think about it, it was a time of grunge that was on the rise. I mean, Kirk Cobain died the year before. Um, Seattle was on the map, right? So headed west, that's all. Thought that's where you know home was going to be uh it turned out as i sat to take the exam in olympia a gal sat next to me that told me about a job opening in jackson wyoming for a pharmacy manager well i happened to be <laughs> licensed there so as basically everything fell unfolded and i ended up in jackson Hole, wyoming which was one of the most impactful times of my life. It's a time that I still fondly look back on. It's a time where I'm still bringing back some of the values that I gained there into my current day life regardless of where I live. And a lot of it has to do with nature. And that's why nature's wisdom is one of my seven pillars that I teach and live by basically. So at the time, I wandered into this pharmacy in Jackson, Wyoming. Figure I was going into this very healthy Western mountain town. Um, and basically I was running. I was running away from the ills of pharmacy and a high stress culture out east. And even in 95, I made the pact to myself that I'd be out of the practice of pharmacy by the year 2000. Uh, another thing that was on the rise was breweries and brewing. So, you know, I got into home brewing. I wanted to use my chemistry background. I had a dream of being a brewmaster you know wouldn't that be cool right up the block for me was um snake river uh, brewery uh in jackson hole one of my favorite places and i just it was just this thing that was rising it was his interest um but it was amazing living there but what ha and what happened was as i was working the pharmacy one day this dude comes up named brett and brent told me he just uh graduated pharmacy school down in utah and his wife actually lived in Jacksonville. She's a physical therapist. Do we need help? And we were a growing pharmacy and we were growing, this is gonna be an important part of the story because I've reacquainted with Brent and um, I mean, we always kind of touch base, but we were able to spend an ex- expended amount of uh, communication time here. And we're gonna bring back to this, okay? So from this, he basically said, I said, yeah, Coming up. We'll hire you. I got the time. I, you know, I got the space, I got the hours. That would be awesome. So now let's go back. One of the key points why I got into pharmacy was job security, right? We go through times of recessions and stuff. And you know, it seems like drugs and alcohol are always it. Now, right now is the first time since I graduated in '94, since time that I can really be aware of that. We are at a pharmacy job shortage. We have more pharmacists than jobs that are offered. I have pharmacists that are reaching out to me from all over the country that are telling me that they've been laid off, they can't find work. We're seeing graduating classes not able to fill the need, you know, their students aren't able to fill their jobs. And some of them are going into really creative ventures, which is really cool and looking a little differently. So it's very interesting to see this. Now, what are some of the things I fall in line with? Well, basically the practice of allopathic pharmacy. Now we're gonna be comparing allopathic pharmacy versus functional pharmacy. So allopathic pharmacy is the chemically-based, patent-based pharmacy that really kind of started to be created during the era of like the Flexner Report around 1910 to 1920, and obviously started advancing in the 40s and the 50s. Penicillin came about, you know, and everything started going in that direction. Now, right now, all the drug pipelines are drying up and have been drying up for a very long time. I mean, if if you've been in the practice, if you remember the late 90s and early 2000s, it was like new drug after new drug after new drug. It was amazing. Not so much anymore. They're going to have to get a little creative. So it seems like our industry is going one direction into biologics, another direction into vaccinations. uh, And it's really changing the landscape of how we practice. We we're seeing a consolidation of pharmacies and we're seeing this between larger chains. Now, from 94 up until probably what, 2010, 2012, you know, we were seeing a rapid pharmacy expansion. We were seeing corner clone chains on every corner. Grocery stores started adding and expanding, always putting a pharmacy in. Now, right now, we're seeing just the opposite. We're seeing you know, some chains take ownership of other chains in certain states, shutting down stores. And this partially is leading to the issues of, you know, one, more pharmacists coming out, and some pharmacists actually losing their jobs at this point. And uh, due to the metrics that they look at, and also due to third-party decline in reimbursements, staffing is going down in many cases while at the same time we're we are seeing an experience and experiencing an expansion of functional pharmacy which is really exciting and for me it's very exciting one for my functional pharmacy consultant practice but two just for the mere practice of functional pharmacy which offers gosh career satisfaction it offers what patients what they're looking for and it really in many ways is kind of going back to the core of what pharmacy was. You gotta remember like natural medicine, lifestyle medicine is core to pharmacy. Some of the original German researchers into nutrition were pharmacists, German pharmacists that were doing this. In many ways, we're going back from the corporate or patients are looking for for that. And we're driving back to that hometown or the mom and pop way of being because we've lost this connection with our patients. Our patients have been guided to go to mail order. They've been guided to go to other pharmacies. And we're kind of hitting this critical point here where, well, enough's enough. So we're at this little tipping point or this this kind of turn in time right now. And this is something where the consumers have been leading the charge for many years. And I like to tell people this, when they want to get in and they want to learn about functional pharmacy. You know, your patients, they want to be heard. They don't want to be nullified. Even though we didn't learn anything about lifestyle and natural medicine and pharmacy school, or most of us did not, does not mean it's not a real thing. Does not mean that it doesn't have actually more research behind it than allopathic chemical based medication. That's, a, that's one of the kind of objections I've heard over the years. Now, fortunately, I'm seeing such a profound increase of buy-in by pharmacy, pharmacists right now. It's a very interesting time, you know, as I teach a lot of continuing education courses and my functional pharmacy certification course, which I highly recommend. Well, it's just good. <laughs> but what's exciting for me is that one of the larger chains just picked this up. So their pharmacists are being educated in this way, while that same chain is making some dramatic changes to enhance communication from pharmacist to patient, to change their merchandise and to change their products, to change the look and the feel and how the pharmacy acts. So this is very exciting. And I am just so, um, well, I'm, I'm tickled the fact that my training system is actually kind of the core to the learning system. In this. very cool. So for me, well, patients want to be heard. They want to be validated. They're coming up to the pharmacy and, you know, they read and been reading about turmeric or CBD or whatever, and they don't want to be shot down. So if they can talk to a practitioner that has an awareness or as much or even more knowledge, they are so happy. And then they're a customer for life, which is a beautiful thing. So they want them to do, they want to be directed and validated and supported in this complementary me- uh, medicine. I don't want to get off on this whole alternative. It's not an either-or approach. We can bring all this together, and that is the beauty of functional pharmacy. In addition, with support in the triad of physician, pharmacist, and patient, and it could be you know uh, PA, whatever it might be, nurse practitioner. So now let's talk about job satisfaction these days. Uh, I've recently kind of gone on a little bit of a tour, checking out, uh, some of the pharmacies that, um, you know, this large chain that purchased to step in and ask how the training's going, ask what's going on. And so I'm going to combine that with what I've known for my practice of retail pharmacy, because I've been a retail pharmacist and continue to be since 1994. I'd like to keep myself in the game. So what are pharmacists go? What are you going through today? Well, there's job burnout is on the rise. You're being asked to do more with less time and with less support. You know, something like a training system might come your way and you might want to do it, but you might say, "Where am I going to have the time because I'm tested people on COVID, I'm given vaccinations, I'm doing MTMs. Oh, by the way, they cut down on my tech hours or a tech called off today or whatever it might be." So these are all some of the challenges that we meet that had to be addressed. But I want to assure you that right now, pharmacy is actually an opportunity. It's in an opportunity phase, and it's not a liability phase. It's a very, very excited time. So for this matter, I I want to actually share with you, I talked about Brent, who came up and started working for me in Jackson Hall. Well, I've been Fortunate enough to reconnect with him at length lately. Uh, and in conversations with with him, it's very interesting. So he's still in Jackson Hole and he's still in the retail pharmacy game. Um, for years, I've connected with Brent and checked in, and it just, you know, I, I just hear the challenges of being a full time pharmacist manager from staffing to all the obligations that you got to be. And, To put it lightly, Brent uh, has been very dissatisfied with his job for a long time, a growing concern. Now, that being said, I think it comes down to the metrics because him and I were chatting and and this is what he said. He said, Corky. Now, my nickname's Corky, so he truly knows me as Corky. Uh, When I was in Jacksonville, everyone knew knew me as Corky. So he's like, Corky, he goes, you know, you showed me how to connect with people and how to grow a pharmacy business. I was like, wow, please tell me why, how? Because I was never one for the books. Like I was one for the communication and the connection. And that's exactly what he was saying. He said, when I was an intern down in Salt Lake City, the pharmacy game was essentially, we'll get you your prescription when it's ready. Pharmacists stab yelling at patients back and forth, a very high stress environment. And there was not this connection. Now, in Jackson Hole, is a very special place. And I I also got to say, I fell into it because my predecessor there who left, Morgan, he created this culture as well. And I think it was very important. And for me, it was just natural, because I like to connect with people. And people are looking for that. Sometimes, even though we are so busy, we might be the only connection that a customer has in their given day. So I think the power of presence and mindfulness, connection and community can expand that. So my pharmacy is growing incredibly in Jacksonville over the years that I was there. It was never a problem to meet numbers. And I was not focused on inventory whatsoever. My whole thing was let's keep the customer happy. Let's make sure we're answering their questions and let's grow. And that's what we did. And Brent saw that. So a competitor came to town. And so I left and then the manager role became his. And uh, it was just, it was leading him to burnout because he was so overwhelmed. So, a competitor came to town. Brent took that job. Uh, the promise of a slower pharmacy, right? Because I think we were doing like four or 500 a day where we were. It was very stressful, um, especially in a town. If you think about Jackson Hole, uh, it's a very expensive place to live. So, we always had this kind of constant in and out of technicians, um, or they had to live over the hill. Over the pass um, or down the canyon, which hey, on you know heavy snowy days and stuff like that, sometimes they wouldn't be able to make it in, which added to the challenges. Um, not to mention, in a snowboard town, sometimes it's tough to get you know applicants to pass a drug test. Anyway, so um, so what was very interesting is Brent recognized that. So then, of course, when he goes to this new uh, company. He had a short time of some slowness, some chill, some chillness, which he actually expanded um, his athletic prowess, and I'll talk about that. Uh, but soon enough, because of the connection that he gave, because of that communication, because of what we cultivated at the other store, he fast became the busiest pharmacist in town, the busiest pharmacy in town. Now, as him and I are connecting, we're talking about this. And what was very very interesting at this point, um, Brent is an ex- he's a great athlete. He is a uh, is a five time. Let me get this right. He's a five time world winter triathlete champion of the world. <laughs> so his training is incredible, um, and he can. I mean. It, He's the type of person where you know he'll the, – the physicalness and exhaustion just doesn't happen. He can work himself out to a point where he's doing fine. When he gets in the pharmacy, though, from the overwhelm, the mental and the emotional overwhelm, he becomes exhausted. He becomes depleted. So you've got someone that pushes his body physically so hard that he can withstand because he's in his natural environment. He's in his element. He's focused doing one thing. He's not being multitasked to do things. Compared to the other side where he's overwhelmed of mind, of emotions, he is going through a given day of 10 to 12 to 13 hours, hardly a bathroom break or lunch or food surviving on Red Bulls to the point where his hands start shaking because of the stress. So he's at a point right now, he knows he needs to make a change. And I'm really encouraged and excited because he's a great coach. He coaches kids and other people on their bike riding. It's an amazing thing. So where this brings us is we're at this conjunction, this juncture of today, where the opportunity is ripe. The pharmacy metrics that they've used of how many vaccinations can we give, of how little tech hours can we have, of how many prescriptions we're doing. I personally believe until and unless we put other metrics in there, such as outcomes of patient satisfaction, time to consult, broader offerings, a balanced health care, then we're going to be in the spiral. So that's where functional pharmacy is coming in. So wrapping this up, because this is just a quick little podcast for you today to kind of get back into it. I want to hit upon these points where, remember, pharmacy right now for you, does not have to be a liability. It can actually be an amazing opportunity. I speak to a lot of pharmacists who are looking to change their ways, maybe get into some health coaching and stuff like that. And I, I just said, sometimes they want to give up the pharmacist thing. I'm like, please don't. It is such an opportunity because we are that hub of healthcare. We are that trusted person, that trusted profession. And if we can just add, the further expansion of education, knowledge, content communication for our customers, we are finding and you will find a much better way to practice. So anyway, welcome back. I'm going to be back with you a couple times a week. So tune in, make sure you follow, reach out if you have any questions. This is Rob Kress, your functional pharmacist at functionalpharmacy at gmail.com. Have a wonderful day.